Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's 24-7 Kanye, people. Kanye is culture. People follow culture. And whether or not you believe Kanye or like Kanye may not even matter. What matters is the following question. Does he connect? And we're talking about something that happens on Saturday Night Live. He was the musical guest this week. Musical guest on a week when Saturday Night Live decided to be, well, what Saturday Night Live is. Pretty unfunny, pretty base, very left-wing. And hey, let's make jokes about Brett Kavanaugh being an alcoholic and call him a rapist. I mean, that's basically what they did. That's what. They, maybe you didn't see it. You know what? I'm willing to bet you money you didn't see it. But if you didn't see it, you missed Matt Damon playing the part of Brett Kavanaugh. Now, I think Matt Damon's a talented cat. Matt Damon told some pretty funny jokes uh, in there, and he did it all with a straight face. You know what's creepy? Matt Damon knew about Harvey Weinstein, and I'm pretty sure he knew about Casey Affleck and those conversations of sexual abuse and or rape. And this is the person that Saturday Night Live decided to go with. I'm Tony Katz, by the way. Great to be with you. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669. The podcast, TonyKatz.com. So that was the cold open. Making fun of Brett Kavanaugh's calendars. Honestly, they made fun of calendars. As if you didn't have a calendar growing up. You didn't have the big calendar on the wall in the 80s uh, that, that you wrote things down on? Goodness gracious, everybody and their mother did who was alive in the 80s. Of course they had a calendar. It was right there next to the phone, which hung on the wall. We had the 9,000-foot cords. You could take the actual receiver into a, into a bedroom so you could talk to somebody without other people hearing you. Technology was a marvel, I tell you. The greatest marvel of technology for those days was the little foam thing that you stuck onto the phone receiver so you could kind of rest it so it was it, it wouldn't give you a crink in the neck. It would kind of lift up a little bit, like an inflatable pillow that you take to the uh, when you're on an airplane. This was on the phone, Millennial Ari. Oh, look it up. Good gosh. Millennials, aren't they hilarious? So this was their cold open. Make fun of calendars. Make fun of him being a, a, a drinker of beer. Yeah, the guy drank beer. I don't care. I don't. I don't care that he drank beer. You know why? Because I never asked whether or not Ruth Bader Ginsburg did meth. It never dawned on me to see whether or not, you know, maybe meth's a little extreme, but I never asked whether or not she tokes up on weekends. I didn't ask if she vacations in Colorado. It never dawned on me. It never dawned on me, hey, I wonder if every now and again Elena Kagan has won too many Cosmos. Never once ever. Ever. Never thought about it. Day of my life. I, yeah, he drank beer. Okay. He still drinks beer. That's fine. 307 judicial decisions. Judicial decisions that are used by the Supreme Court to come up with their decisions. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm soft. You know what we're not talking about? Him as a jurist. We're not talking about him as a jurist. It's remarkable. But to have Matt Damon, this a guy so close to to uh, sexual impropriety in, in so many places of his life, ooh. Creepy, creepy stuff. But the story of the day, and if you're social, following your social media feeds, um, you've, been, you've been reading about it. It's Kanye West. It is Kanye West. Now, 
I agree, Kanye West could flat out be crazy. And Kanye West could be making it all up. But I want to share with you what he said. This was during, so when, when Saturday Night Live tapes, right, they do the pre-show, right? So they do a whole run through a dress rehearsal. And they do that with a couple more skits in it. And then they decide which skits are staying, which skits are going, how they're going to cut the show. Same thing with musical numbers. How they're going to put it all together and they make the decision. And then a new audience comes in and they, and they run the show. So this was the pre. This was the show before the one you see. And there's a whole audience there. Chris Rock, Saturday Night Live alum, the comic, is in the audience. And Kanye West, who's wearing a Make America Great Again hat, He's wearing the hat, which he referred to as his Superman cape. He says this. You heard them, they scream at me. They bully me. They bullied me backstage. They said, don't go out there with that hat on. They bullied me backstage. They bullied me. And then they say, I'm in a sunken place. You want to see the sunken place? Okay, I'm going to listen to y'all now. I'm going to put my Superman cape on. Because this means you can't tell me what to do. Follow your heart and stop following your mind. That's how we're controlled. That's how we're programmed. If you want the world to move forward, try love. Thank y'all for giving me this platform. I know some of y'all don't agree, but y'all be going at that man neck a lot. And I don't think it's actually that helpful. 90% of news are liberal. 90% 90% of TV, LA, New York, writers, rappers, musicians. So it's easy to make it seem like it's so, so, so one-sided. And uh, I am kind of free. I thought this country said I could be me. I love me too. He went on uh, to talk about why black people are Democrats and talk about um, how Democrats moved things like welfare. And you know those are Democratic programs. And uh, he said, you know, we need to have a dialogue, not a diatribe. While he's having this whole conversation, there are cast members behind him, Saturday Night Live cast members, rolling their eyes. And I absolutely agree that I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Kanye West is a paragon of conservatism. I would never do such a thing. But I am one of those people who understands culture and has been talking about culture from, well, the beginning of my career. That for conservatives, one of the reasons that they lose again and again and again and again is because they don't understand culture. They don't actually get engaged in culture. They think culture is singing Proud to be an American by Lee Greenwood while they're waving the American flag on Facebook Live. That's not culture. That's boring. Retire that song. Oh, don't even get on me like, oh, it's a great song. Just cut it out. It doesn't get you anywhere. You know where it gets you somewhere? Kanye West. But Tony, but what? He said George Bush hates black people. Yeah, of course he was wrong. Of course he was wrong. And it was insane. I can point to you a hundred things that he said is insane. You know what he said there? 
They bullied me for wearing a Make America Great Again hat. I didn't say that he's a paragon of conservatism. I didn't say do what far too many conservatives do because they're simply not bright. They're right, they're right in terms of the politics that helps move a nation, but they are simply incapable of how a, a way to properly articulate that. They don't know how to speak the English language. It's why I always discuss the Republican Party is the party of stupid. What the Democrats have put forward in terms of policies over the past decade has been a flat-out disaster. Why in the world would Republicans have a problem beating that? Why? Because they can't speak. Because they don't understand what comes first. Because they don't understand culture. Kanye West has 28 million followers on Twitter and 3.5 million on Instagram. And you know what he's talking about? They're trying to bully me for what I believe. They're trying to tell me what to think. They're trying to tell you what to think. They're trying to tell you that if you don't think a certain way, you can't be part of a certain group. He's reaching 28 million people on Twitter and three and a half million plus on Instagram. How many? How many? Listen, I have a pretty good radio audience. How many am I reaching? How many is MSNBC reaching? How many is NBC reaching? How many is Fox News reaching? You go ahead. Go ahead. Take a look at the audience of, of, of Hannity on his busiest, biggest night. He ain't five million people. He ain't four million people. And Kanye has got that with a tweet times five. So Kanye West is now saying, I like Trump. You know what he said? Uh, white people always tell me, why you like Trump? He's a racist. Well, if I thought America was racist, I would have moved years ago. That's what he said. That was all part of this thing he did on Saturday Night Live. That's a message he's sending to 28 million people that can't be stopped by NBC or CBS or ABC or the Washington Post and so on. Politics is downstream of culture. Politics is not a thermostat. Politics and politicians are a thermometer. They do not move the temperature. They react to the temperature. That's all they do. Culture is the thermostat. It moves the temperature and makes the politico react. So there's the, the cast of Saturday Night Live, Colin Yost and the rest of them, all rolling their eyes at Kanye. The question is, though, is America. Is America rolling their eyes at Kanye West? I didn't say he was the next William Buckley. I did not say that he should be leading the conversations at the Conservative Political Action Conference. I did not say he should give uh, uh, he should be in, engaged in debates with Democratic leadership. But if he's going to discuss the fact that he's okay with Trump and Trump's been good for America and people tell you that if you like Trump, you're racist and that's not true, and he can get 28 million people to listen to him, isn't that a good message? Isn't that a message we should be behind? And if Kanye West can get 28 million people to say, maybe Trump's not racist, doesn't that do more 
than any Facebook Live video with a flag waving in the background has ever, ever done. Find things to celebrate. Find the right things to celebrate. And remember, the way conservatives move culture has always been wrong. Because the truth is, they don't want to do it right. I'm a conservative. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I've been having this conversation for years, and I work aggressively on the subject. And when I see someone with 28 million followers who can do it in the blink of an eye, you know what I say? I say, good on you. The real question is, are those 28 million people listening, and what might it mean? I'm Tony Katz. Free beer. No? Yes? Yay? Good. Free beer. I need a happy story. How much how much more Kavanaugh and insanity do you want out there? Um this is a, a an issue with a brewery in Atlanta. And the largest uh craft brewer in the UK. They're both denying a press release that promised free beer to Trump supporters. Scofflaw Brewing, which is in Atlanta, and Brewdog Brewery, which is uh, in Scotland. They were working together on a set of events launching a partnership called Eater Atlanta. Right? Um, And then the next thing you know, there was a press release put out that one of those events in the UK involved giving free beer to self-proclaimed Trump supporters. I love it. Tony Katz, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. And Brewdog says, the Scofflaw release was announced without our knowledge or consent. We are in no way aligned with their position, and we will, of course, be canceling all the events and sending all of the beer back. We care about beer and people, not hate. Following Scoff, they, they put another one. Following Scofflaw's fake news earlier, we're going to run a very real promotion today. One free beer for anyone who supports love, not hate. Simply tell our staff or enjoy a pint of punk IPA or any headliner on us. See, they're giving away IPAs. Who cares? IPAs. IPAs are garbage. I don't, I don't even want to have the conversation. They're just terrible. Um, the people at Scofflaw say, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't, we didn't authorize this. Uh, a statement was released to the media by an individual uh, of of ours uh, without Scofflaw's approval. The reputation of our client is of uh, utmost importance, and we are taking this matter seriously. Oh, it's from the PR firm. We apologize to Scofflaw, Brewdog, and anyone that may have been offended by these actions. Would it have been so bad? Except you would have run out of beer. And not because there are that many Trump lovers. It's because you say free beer. It is amazing what people will do when you say free beer. I mean, so many people were willing to come to this event for free beer. Uh, You know, it's just, my goodness gracious, exactly how many Kavanaugh's do we have out there in the world? See what I did there? See what I did? That's awesome.
Overheard. Here's Brian. Well, diamond and silk syndrome is in full effect once again, kids. Allow me to explain. Yes, you're not going anywhere for the next three and a half minutes. You know the deal in politics. Anyone who speaks out on the opposite side of the ideological aisle is a especially if they're an entertainer or claim to be an entertainer or on their annual tax return have the word entertainer somewhere. Anyway, may I continue? The point is this, my friends. If someone is extremely outspoken and their political beliefs do not align with the deeply held political beliefs of your heart, they suck. If, however, they are a member of Team U, well, that's my fella or Felina. Is that the correct combo, fella or Felina? No. All right, good enough. Case in point, Kanye West. Here, let me show you what I mean. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Hey, you idiot. I don't pay to hear your political beliefs. Just shut your mouth and perform, all right? I just love Trump. That's my guy. See how that works? Yo, Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. What a jackass. Black people have a tendency to focus and march when a white person kills a black person, but when it's 700 kids being killed in Chicago, it's okay. He might be the most dynamic and important figure in American entertainment today. Anyway, Kanye West. Yee was on SNL this weekend. He came out on stage with a MAGA hat. That's Make America Great Again to you and me, Russ. And delivered a political rant, which was cut. Fortunately, it is the era of magical technology. And whether you embrace the Holy Church of Apple or of Samsung, you probably have one of them there phones that captures video. Like this gentleman, who caught Yee's rant and posted it on YouTube for all to see. They bullied me backstage. They said, don't go out there with that hat on. They bullied me backstage. They bullied me. If you want the world to move forward, try love. Right? I love you. We're just friends. All right. But y'all be going at that man neck a lot, and I don't think it's actually that helpful. Darn right. Speak your truth. Wait, I didn't catch that. But y'all be going at that man neck a lot. Who? Neck a lot. Huh? Neck a lot. All right. Can I get a transcript? What is it? This is just gibberish. This doesn't make any sense at all. You've got it upside down, you dumbass. Oh. 90% of news are liberal. Listen to that organ. It's like we're at a MAGA church revival. 90% of TV, LA, New York, writers, rappers, musicians. So it's easy to make it seem like it's so, so, so one-sided. Meanwhile, Lauren Michaels is backstage going, uh, guys, is it too late to book Sinead O'Connor? Is she dead now or new? Right. Okay, yeah, let's get her on the show immediately. And whoever booked Kanye, let's ensure that that individual falls to their death, okay? I'm Brian Baker. Hey, thanks for listening. You're special. It's okay to do one without Kavanaugh, right? Tony Katz, good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That I'm doing a Lindsay Lohan story. I get it. Bothersome. Strange. It's the craziest thing in the world. Uh, Full disclosure, I know the story. I refused to watch the video. Way too creepy. So Lindsay Lohan, uh, the actress who decided, hey, I'm absolutely gorgeous. Why don't I just ruin my face with plastic surgery? Why don't I just ruin myself? And then, you know what? I'll start working on a career again in London, and then I'll ruin uh, that too. If I have the story right, she's on uh, on a London street, and she sees a, a, a woman with her two children. And I guess they're... Uh, in, in 
She's trying to speak them in Arabic. She is. She assumes. Uh, I guess she assumes that they're Arab, and she's trying to understand them. She wants to 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 help them. She wants to, you know, put them up in in a hotel. The family starts walking away. She is videotaping this. She's speaking in a fake, weird Arabic accent. She starts following them, and she starts telling them that that uh, that your mom is 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 basically kidnapping you. She then tries to take the kids from the mom, calling the mom, and, and I think there's a dad there too, human traffickers, to which one of the adults punches Lindsay Lohan in the face. This happened. It is the craziest, strangest, weirdest and the whole thing is live on Instagram the whole thing it's the it, it's too weird for words listen I, I I like people who want to help others I think that's 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 great and 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 uh terrific and wonderful you can't help people by forcing children away from parents or adults, you might want to, you know, know who it is at first. Maybe call an authority if you think there's really something going on. It's She chased them down using a fake English-Arabic accent thing. It's, it's surreal. I don't know. Where does the God complex come from? Right? Where does that, where does that kind of, that's what it is, right? She thought she was important and valuable at that moment that she was going to save these children. I don't know. I don't even understand the fake accent. Can't you save them and just speak like you? That's just weird. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Let me see if I can play this for you. This is President Trump. The press conference is still going on. He was talking about trade. He's answering Brett Kavanaugh questions. Let me see if I can get this for you. There were no bad reports. I mean, there are bad reports on everybody in here. Most of the people sitting down, they're bad, except for Mike Pence, by the way. And if we find one on him, then I'm, I think that's, that's going to be. That'll be the greatest shock of all time. That's awesome and amazing. No, they're a bad. Absolutely incredible as he's talking about uh, Brett Kavanaugh. And, of course, uh, now the, the FBI investigation. And uh, he, he drank beer, you know. He drank beer for sure. But <laughs> I wanted to share with you, I apologize for that, the Rachel Mitchell report. Because it's not getting, I think, the play that it desperately needs. Rachel Mitchell is the sex crimes prosecutor from Arizona, Maricopa County, who was brought in by the Republicans to ask the questions of of Dr. Uh, Christine Ford. I would have rathered, 
that the Republicans asked their own questions. They brought someone in. No matter what had happened, the Democrats would have uh, chastised them. It's the same thing with Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, he was too angry. And if he had been too calm, cool, and collected, why is he so calm, cool, and collected? When someone calls you a rapist, fight back. Absolutely, positively. When you are unjustly called a rapist, fight back. If Mike Tyson wants to say, how dare you call me a rapist? Uh, You're a rapist. Court convicted, you were guilty, you're a rapist, next. Oh, oh, you, but you also got a Broadway show because, you know, forgiveness or something. So the, the, the optics people want to play with, it doesn't matter. It's already happened and it's over. But Rachel Mitchell put together a report. And the report says, is, is, is very clear, um, that there is a no clear standard of proof for an allegation made during the Senate's confirmation process. But the world in which I work is the legal world, not the political world. Thus, I can only provide my assessment of Dr. Ford's allegations in that legal context. Here's what she said. She said, here is my bottom line. Quote, a he said, she said case is incredibly difficult to prove. But this case is even weaker than that. Dr. Ford identified other witnesses to the event, and those witnesses either refused, refuted her allegations or failed to corroborate them. For the reasons discussed below, I do not think that a reasonable prosecutor would bring this case based on the evidence before the committee. Nor do I believe that this evidence is sufficient to satisfy the preponderance of the evidence standard. From her legal point of view, no. There's nothing here. Move on. Remember, this isn't a courtroom, though. And the American left isn't moving on because their objective is to obstruct the nomination. The only person who didn't know that is Jeff Flake, who actually thinks he's bringing the country together. Don't you understand that they have told you? The left has told you they don't think you are worthy. They don't think you're decent. They want to surround you. They want to attack you. They want to harm you. They want to throw you out of restaurants. They want to throw you out of shops. They want to hurt you. It's not because I want it to be that way. It's because it is that way. So let's go through Dr. Mitchell's memo. Dr. Ford has not offered a consistent account of when the alleged assault happened. I find it stunning that people think it's wrong to ask, when did it happen? And it's wrong to note that she does not even remember the month. And they'll come back to you say, you don't remember when such and such. I have had, first of all, people tweet me, uh, I, I remember everything. I know the day, I know the hour, I know exactly where I was when I was sexually assaulted. People have tweeted me these things. It's like, holy cow. Goodness gracious. But it does say a lot to the idea of, what do you mean you wouldn't remember? Oh, well, maybe you would remember. She said in the July 6th text to the Washington Post, it happened in the mid-1980s. In July 30th letter to Senator Feinstein, she said it happened in the early 1980s. There's a difference. The difference between 1982 and the 19 and 1985 would be the difference between high school and college, even if she was 15. Her August 7th statement to the polygraph uh, analyst said it happened on one high school summer in the early 80s. But she crossed out the word early for reasons she did not explain. 
September 16th Washington Post article said it was the summer of 1982. The September 16th article notes that that notes from an individual therapy session in 2013 show her describing the assault as occurring in her late teens, but she told the Post that she was 15. Now, I ask you, from that, is it fair to say that Dr. Ford, Christine Ford, accusing the Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh of sexual impropriety when they were teenagers, is it possible that she doesn't have a full memory of when something happened? Isn't there enough there? Guys, I haven't gotten off page one. How Dr. Ford struggled to identify Judge Kavanaugh uh, as the assailant by name. No name given in her 2012 marriage therapy notes. No name given in her 2013 individual therapy notes. And Dr. Ford's husband claims to recall that she identified Kavanaugh by name in 2012. At that point, Kavanaugh was widely reported in the press as a potential Supreme Court nominee if Governor Romney had won the presidency. Now, she makes an important distinction here, does does, uh, Rachel Mitchell. Quote, delayed disclosure of abuse is common, so this is not dispositive. That's true. Women often come to uh, admissions or or, um, vocalizing late. It might take them years. And since that does happen, it is not dispositive. Does not prove her allegation untrue just because she waited. However, there are no other names. She never names until until, until this. Her statement, uh, description of what happened um, with her husband, she changed the description on two different occasions. And that she has no memory of key details of the night in question. Who invited her to the party? How she heard about it? Doesn't remember how she got to the party. Doesn't remember in what house the assault allegedly took place or where the house was located with specificity. She does not remember how she got back from the party to her house. According to Mitchell, this raises significant questions. She said the party took place near the, the country club. It's more than seven miles from her childhood home. And that would be a straight shot. She testified it was roughly a 20-minute drive from her home. She also agreed for the first time in her testimony that she was driven somewhere that night, either to the party or from the party or both. So there is a series of things here, and there's more. Now, I think a lot of people look at this and say, oh, my goodness, look at you attacking a, a, a victim, attacking the, the, the person making the allegation. This is the problem. This is why nobody gets believed. Two things. Number one, eh, there is a problem. There is a problem, certainly, if you want to say that, yes, women who make allegations have to answer questions and sometimes the questions can be seen as we don't believe you if i'm accused of robbing a bank they're going to ask me questions and those questions will be posed in such a way that they don't believe me every episode of every television show where someone's uh, interviewing a possible suspect is all predicated on the he uh, on the good cop bad cop concept of not believing you. Well, this is not new. 
I agree that it's got to be awful beyond awful and something I cannot put myself in, in the place of. If someone has been attacked and nobody believes them. But here you are making a statement that can be seen as wholly and totally political. And you are, what, surprised that people will ask you questions about it? That is something else. Now, there's much more to this case. And serious problems. And I believe Dianne Feinstein uh, should be investigated, and so should her staff. She's recommending to Dr. Ford lawyers sometime between July 30th and August 7th. That's when Ford and Feinstein spoke on the phone and said, hey, why don't you let Deborah Katz, no relation, be your lawyer? And she does this almost two weeks before she sits for her one-on-one interview with Brett Kavanaugh and doesn't bring it up to him? Doesn't bring it up to him. Do you know how disgusting and ugly that is? That is disgusting and ugly. Uh, there, there's, there's something else uh, that, that's come up. People wondering, um, uh, there, there are GoFundMes for uh, Christine Ford uh, for her legal fees or her or to help her or um, maybe to uh, maybe to get her to uh, say certain things. There's one here. That had a goal of $150,000. It's at $528,000. Here's a, a another one. Here is one. Um, uh, okay, it's uh, two sites have raised more than $700,000. Uh, it would seem to me that if people are giving you money because they want you to testify, you might testify the way they want you to testify. GoFundMe is going to become a real problem for people. This kind of stuff is go- there's you're going to see a law. I you're going to see a law about this kind of fundraising in 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 political purposes. That you know uh, whistleblowers cannot uh, financially gain from you know et cetera et cetera. I think that's going to come because it's all going to throw up questions. In the meantime, uh, Rachel Mitchell's report. That's going to be seen as awful and rude and bigoted. Uh, And they're going to tell Rachel Mitchell she's not a real woman. And how dare you do that to another woman? She's a professional. And these are the facts as presented. My question is, is anybody going to deny or refute the facts of the problems with Blasey Ford's testimony? And it would be, by the way, it would be a lot easier if uh, Kavanaugh wasn't, you know, saying not only did I not do it, I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there, and oh, here are alibis, including the witnesses she named who said the whole thing never happened, the party never happened, and here are the the calendars of when I was that kid and where I was. I mean, is anybody going to notice that he's got a defense? Break through the defense. How about that? I mean, if we're going to think of this in the legal way, break through the defense. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.
So, this trade deal, President Trump, the United States, Mexico, and Canada, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, so the USMCA is what it'll be called. It's going to make changes on dairy and imports and exports there on uh, auto manufacturing. President Trump getting the win on redoing NAFTA. That's how it is going to be viewed. Stock market having a good time. More than 250 points up in the Dow after the announcement that Canada was in on the deal because Mexico was always in on the deal. It got got announced a couple weeks ago. And then the pressure was on Canada. And then lo and behold, they really wanted this deal by the end of September. Deal. Now, more details are going to come out. There are certainly going to be some questions. One of the big ones is, will a, a the Senate vote for it? Will the ratification take place? Well, I guess it depends on who's in charge. But the president did exactly what he said he was going to do. And he's going to get rewarded for that. Which brings us to a very unique place. Because I had Sean Davis from The Federalist on uh, last week. Me, by the way, I'm Tony Katz. How you doing? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Sean Davis, The Federalist. Great site. And it was a conversation of if Republicans don't confirm Brett Kavanaugh, they're going to get slaughtered in the midterms. Slaughtered in the midterms. And I believe that to be true right until Jeff Flake. Right until Jeff Flake decided that he and he alone could could save America. Going to pursue the compromise that we ultimately saw even before the incident in the elevator. You know, I, I don't know. I'd hope to have an opportunity. Uh, I'd been looking for an opportunity for quite a while to strike a compromise, but uh, it wasn't until Chris was speaking and, uh, and, and had it been anybody else, um, I may have dismissed it. Uh, but it was Chris, and if we can, can actually show people that uh, Republic, Republicans and Democrats both can get along here and, and request something jointly. This isn't about Republicans getting along with Democrats here. This is about a Democratic Party that wants to destroy a man so they can hurt Trump and they don't care how they do it. That's, that's what you're trying to create compromise with. But I agreed with Sean right up until the moment Jeff Flake said, you know what, I will agree to vote uh, Brett Kavanaugh out of committee, but we need to take a one-week pause for a limited-in-scope in uh, FBI investigation. And now there's an FBI investigation. And, of course, immediately people went to, why is it being limited in scope? Why are we, why are we only doing this for a week? Years of investigation into Brett Kavanaugh, please. Thank you very much. That's... That's that's what they're doing. And the minute Jeff Flake did this, I realized that the optics had changed and I realized the conversation had changed. I believe that what you are seeing from the media apparatchik should not be believed. And I think what you're seeing from your neighbors should be. There is, without question, a serious rumbling amongst people who are outside of the blue bubbles. And they're saying, what the hell is this? It is the mother of every single son in America, regardless of the age, saying, 
You mean you could just make an accusation against my boy and his life's over? Wait, someone could just make a claim? And then you realize you talk to some teachers who I've spoken to. They'll tell you the truth. Girls absolutely pick on boys. Girls absolutely try and find ways uh, to do things uh, to boys to get them into trouble. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this all too much? Human condition too much? It only happens one way. It doesn't happen the other way. No, I believe that people are going to show up to the polls in droves. They're not going to sit by and allow this to happen. They may not like the Republican Party, but what the Democratic Party is doing is just damn evil. Hour three is coming up. If you don't get it where you are, on Facebook, we live stream at Tony Katz Radio. That's where it happens. Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio, the live stream. That is coming up.